0: I've got an only three or four minute uh, gap in my busy schedule, or do I say schedule? I think I say schedule sometimes and schedule other times, I think mostly schedule. I've got a small gap in my busy schedule um, to introduce the next episode, which is going to be about culture. Of all things. That's culture. Alright. And sometimes I say culture. Uh, now, um, I've already, you know, with two words, um, scratched my head already wondering how I say those two words. You know, do I say culture or culture? Yeah, a little softer. Or, and do I say... Um, what was that other word I was just saying? Here, Gee. I've got the... Memory of a goldfish at the moment, but um, schedule or schedule, you know. Um, and yeah, that might be sounding pedantic, but um, you know, that hints at culture, how you speak. You know? Now, uh, language, that's an important part of culture, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you know, It reflects culture, um, it advertises culture, you know, the way you speak. Uh, so, you know. Immediately as I started the episode, um, I, I wondered, do I say schedule or schedule, you know? And the way you say things or spell things, and yeah, this is only one element of culture. But I'm already into the episode, by the way, aren't I? Uh, you yeah, know, speaking about the way we speak and our language and our accents and all that sort of thing. Okay. Um, uh, you yeah, know, it says something about our cultures. Okay, the way we speak, the languages we use and all that sort of stuff. This is all one element of culture. And depending on what way you speak, uh, you know, you might be a member of one sort of culture or another, even inside one given country. Um, In Australia, uh, you know, we have people who speak with very posh accents, you know, very cultured accents. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Cultured accents. Um, These are cultured people. I'm not one of them, by the way. Um, Who, no doubt, go to the opera. And the ballet. Not the ballet, but the ballet. (laughs) Um, And, you know, they're cultured people. And how could you be cultured if you haven't got a culture? Oh, they must have a culture. And yet I must have a culture too, because I like going to the football. Yeah. Um, So... I'm part of Australia's rich sporting culture. There's all sorts of cultures. Now I'll explore, I've got to stop right now. Like I said, this was just a quick introduction Um, and I'll get back to all of this and that'll do for now. Indigenous Australia, indigenous culture. Uh, I'll definitely be saying something about that. I've spoken a lot about Indigenous culture in these podcasts over the times because I find it fascinating. Uh, But that's another culture. I'll come back to that one, though, probably. Um, And then there's all the cultures of all the people who are coming in, including my own culture, the British culture. Uh, I... uh, all my ancestors were British, even though it would appear from DNA tests that my uh, a brother and a sister have done that we are sort of seventy-five percent Irish or whatever that means. Um, even the uh, even our Irish ancestors were British when they got here, uh, because Ireland was part of the British Empire then and didn't get independence until after all our ancestors had safely got to Australia Uh, so we don't have any ancestors who ever knew an independent Ireland in the last number of hundred years anyway so yeah alright we're British Um, maybe not too pleased about it in some cases, none too pleased Um, you know in some cases I'm sure some of our ancestors might not have liked being British but they were anyway, bad luck alright so, British culture. Um, and Australia is... And I, I'm talking about Australia, aren't I? I'm supposed to be talking about culture. So, if I'm talking about culture, why am I talking about Australia anymore than I'm talking about, you know, Iceland or something like that? Uh, Greenland. That's been in the news lately uh, because Donald Trump said he wanted to buy it. That was kind of hilarious (laughs) um greenland eric the red i used to tell my kids stories about that and i don't know how true they are but apparently eric the red well this is what i used to tell my kids anyway i think i read it somewhere um i tell my kids all sorts of stories and they're kind of eight tenths true and i don't mind if they're a bit wrong and I exaggerate them a bit, because they've got plenty of time to grow up and refine all that stuff. My job is just to get them interested in things, and it's not about, um, me teaching them, it's just about me lighting a fire, that's all, just light a fire in their curiosity and their head and their heart and all that sort of stuff, just light a fire, um, Get it roughly right, maybe, or even get it completely wrong. The point is, the only thing that matters to me is getting them excited. And then they themselves can teach themselves. It's not my job to teach them about history and geography. Well, it is sort of my job, and I'm failing a little bit, to teach them some things. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, know, history is sort of my main interest. You know, history and culture, if you like. History and... ...philosophy and... ...sociology... ...sociology? Um... ...uh... ...and all that sort of stuff, you know... Uh, ...the humanities, as we used to call it... ...but it goes beyond humanities... ...uh... ...the stuff that I'm interested in these days... ...it goes beyond humanities because, um... ...the humanities is about, um... ...what's good for humans, isn't it? Or am I taking that too... ...in a too shallow way... ...uh... Human culture, for example. I'm, like this episode, I'm probably going to c- talk about human cultures... ...99% of the time, I would say, at a bet. Uh, because we are very egocentric, We're, we humans. So, yeah, we are into humanism and humanities and all this sort of thing. Everything for the humans. Yeah. Now, there are some people who care about animals and the environment... ...more than humans. In fact... I'll bet there are people who would be pleased if of the seven billion people on this planet 6.9 would just die of some asteroid sort of provided disease. Yeah. Maybe not die horribly, but just, you know. I'll bet you there's a lot of people who think humans are a plague. Now you know, and would wish that nearly everybody would just die. You know, not horribly, maybe just... Uh, look, maybe they wish that an asteroid shower would come along and render the human population um, infertile. Has there been any... Uh, has there been any um, science fiction books about that, you know, where humans suddenly can't breed anymore? Yeah, uh, you know, there would be people who love the environment and love, you know, and wish for the best for life on Earth for the future in the long term, who would think it would be better if the humans just got off this planet? Yeah. Now, as humanists, those people are evil, are they? I don't really know the definition of humanism, um, properly. I just take it for granted. Um... You know, people say, I'm a humanist, I'm a humanist, as if that's automatically and immediately a good thing. But this, these people I'm talking about would say, well, what, you're promoting humans? They're a damned plague, you know? And all they do is wreck things. You know? They're the worst thing that ever happened to the planets. Oh, you're an anti-humanist, you know? So who's the good guy here? You know, so it gets a bit confusing. Um, and I remember at school we had humanities, basically. We only had humanities or the sciences. Yeah, you know, maths and science. So you were either a maths and science kid or you were a humanities kid. Um, and um, and it's interesting that I'm interested in the humanities now and yeah, you know, I'll call it humanities plus. Humanities plus stuff that's not maths and science but is also to do with uh, the way the, you know, the way of the world philosophy and all that sort of thing, even caring about the environment and caring about animals and all that sort of stuff, you know, who caring about chimpanzee culture and all that sort of stuff as much as human culture, you know, because if you're a humanist, do you care about chimpanzees? Yeah, um, I'm thinking aloud here, but I actually don't know the answer to that. Uh, I always thought. Humanism was automatically a good thing. I'm a humanist, you know. Oh, you must be a good person because you're thinking about you want all humans to, you know, be the best they can and have a good life and all that sort of stuff, you know. Uh, but, yeah, maybe humanism has its limits too. Uh, but it's interesting that I'm in, interested in the humanities plus uh, now as an old person because as a young person I had no interest So I don't know when this started. Um, uh, Back at school, all I cared about was maths and science. Uh, Mostly maths. I enjoyed maths and physics. Um, And that sort of thing. And had no interest in in the humanities. But now I'm really interested in it. I don't know why. Maybe uh, it dawned on me eventually that that's where the real action is. Um, uh, I don't know. Alright, so... No idea what I was talking about with all of that, but all of it um, could be brought back to the subject of culture if I wanted to. In fact, pretty much no matter what I talk about, I'm sure I could drag it back to culture. You know, I could talk about a centipede uh, crawling along a leaf and relate that back to culture. So, culture seems to me as a a, a topic for an episode that's not very hard to find material for <laughs> it would not be hard at all ok um, so the culture, culture, culture alright um, now I'm sure there are academic uh, sort of books and podcasts and things out there defining what culture is uh, but that's not what this podcast is about you know, being academic, I'm not being academic. Um, so, you know, if I was to, if I was to be academic about approaching culture, I'd be a lot more structured, I'm sure. At first, I would define what the word culture means, you know, and and just off the top of my head, I would probably start off by saying, "All right, well." culture is the way of life, you know, of a, of a place, of a people, you know, gee, I tell you what, if you try to define culture, I should look it up in the dictionary, um, it's got so many layers to it, but look, I'd probably start off big and, you know, if I was being structured, I'd start off big and say, right, culture is a person's way of life. Okay, or a community's way of life, or a group's way of life, or, you know, and so on. So you can have bikies, for example, and they've got a culture. You know, bikie culture, you know. Um, and my son goes to Cubs at the moment. He'll end up in Scouts. So, there's a culture in there. You know, Scouts culture. You know. So, um there's so many layers, you know, in, in Australia, oh, that's what I was talking about, why am I talking about Australia so much, well, because I'm Australian, okay, um, and I'm not trying to be fair, <laughs> I'm not trying to be balanced, I'm just saying whatever comes into my head, and if you don't like it, go and listen to something else, as I always say, um, all right, now um so you know people say oh yeah now there's an interesting thing and i often think about this one um there are sometimes you get um immigrant cultures coming into australia and they look at the culture that is in australia and say you've got no culture only we've got culture now i think we british kind of did that to the indigenous people you know We came to Australia, yeah, and let's say religious culture, you know, like whether you've got a religious culture in your country or not. Um, So in Australia, we knew we had, oh sorry, we British, um, we knew, uh, knew we had a very profound and deep religious culture. Yeah, religious and spiritual culture. Called Christianity, you know, we were basically Christians when we first came to Australia. Okay, so we had you know, a culture of being religious that went a long way back, and um, we also had a sort of parallel, sort of um, superstitious culture uh, around all the ancient, uh, sort of, fairies and goblins, and you know, everything you see in Harry Potter. Uh, what, Lord of the Rings, all that sort of culture, you know. Um, The Big Friendly Giant, you know, which my kids have read, BFG, you know, all those sorts of things. The Magic Faraway Tree, Enid Blyton. um, And, you know, it's an extremely rich uh, legacy, really, or heritage of um, sort of supernatural sort of superstitious um but you know powerful and useful and stories you know and uh, yeah, it's as rich now as it ever was you know by virtue of all that stuff that i just mentioned harry potter and lord of the rings and enid Blyton and you know magic faraway tree and all that sort of stuff um we've got this whole culture of a sort of belief system we British, and that's what we brought to this country, Australia. But overlaid on that was our more formal religion that we had adopted from the Romans, um, in Christianity. Um, and the Romans, in turn, you know, got that from, you know, I say they got that from uh, the Greeks and the Jews. You know, a bit of a combination of those two cultures plus more, you know. But anyway point is, when the British landed here, in Australia, they had this huge sort of um, culture of the, let's say, stories, supernatural, all that sort of stuff, and religions, so a formal religion, with a sort of subculture of their ancient, ancient religions, so, you know. And all of that went back 65,000 years for the British, you know. So you've got the British coming here with this massive um, sort of religious and spiritual and superstitious culture in their heads, right? And uh, the stories are endless, you know. I mean, just all the stories about fairies and all that sort of stuff, you know. And that goes over to the Irish as well and all that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, and you got leprechauns, and you know, so you got this whole world of imagination, if you like, and that was the British culture. Now, I don't look uh, Christianity, you know, British people today would swear that Christianity was the big deal, but all the other stuff was just as big, bubbling under the surface, and not so much even under the surface. I mean, up until recently. You know, if if someone lost a shoe, um, there were... You know, I've read this. Um, if someone lost a shoe, and I'm talking up until very recently, and maybe some people still think like this in British culture, um, it was commonly accepted that, you know, fairies took it. And I think a lot of people actually believe that. Now, that sounds nuts to us now, but you don't have to go back far to... Far, you know when um you know a lot of people were uneducated you know there was not all there was it was not always the case that there was internet and all that sort of thing um so you know if a shoe went missing the parents would tell the children a fairy has taken that shoe or a sock you know a missing sock a fairy at the bottom of the garden has taken that um you know tooth fairies you know gee it goes on and on and on you know um Easter bunnies, you know. So we've got this huge culture of stories. Now, a lot of people might sort of automatically say, if you say, oh, what sort of religious and spiritual and supernatural culture did the British bring to Australia? They'd say, Christianity, boom, you know, as if that's it. But just have a... I mean, if you, I've, I've, I've just touched on all the other stuff, which is just huge in fact, it's more varied and complex than even Christianity. Um, and deep in our culture, we've got all that Greek mythology and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, we've got all that stuff that came from the British Isles and Europe and all that sort of thing—the ancient Celtic uh, sort of myths and traditions, and all that sort of thing, and the ancient Viking stuff, you know, all of that is in the heads of English people, and Irish people too, and then the Irish, you know, were isolated, uh, sort of, uh, for a long time, and they've got a lot of myths that they developed as well, Um, so you've got all this huge, supernatural, cultural background, you know, and um, with Christianity having been adopted as the formal religious structure, you know. So you got layers. So you would have had the state religion was Christianity, essentially. And, and for a lot of people personally, too. Um, and this reminds me of the ancient Romans, too. But you've got a state religion. But then amongst all the, you know, the people in the rural areas and the villages and all that sort of thing, you had this sort of local layer of religion um, around fairies and goblins and all that sort of stuff and wizards you know oh, it never ends witches you know uh, warlocks You know, there's a lot of things going on alright so what I'm sort of getting at is when the British landed here there was a huge culture of what you would call myths legends the supernatural stories all that sort of thing huge it's a big deal alright They landed in, um, you know, and we were immigrant, technically immigrant at that point, the British. We landed here and we looked at the indigenous people of Australia um, and we said they do not appear to have religion. All right. Now, people do that because it was so Fundamentally different to our belief systems, whatever the indigenous people had, and there were language barriers and all that sort of stuff. but because what they had, the indigenous people was so fundamentally different, fundamentally different to what we had, we didn't we couldn't even see it. it was like a leprechaun, we couldn't see it yeah um and so we said they've got none yeah look we knew they had traditions and all this we knew they had boomerangs and a few things we knew they had corroborees you know but we didn't get the significance of the corroborees and the didgeridoo and you know and all the stuff you know that now we know now you know without me going into it um that the indigenous belief system you know the whole mythology legend origin stories, all that sort of stuff, we know that's huge now, and endlessly complex, just like ours, you know, and we know that it goes back as far as ours too, you know, we know that the indigenous, you know, all these stories of um, uh, indigenous belief systems and origin stories and the land, you know, and the way humans came onto the land, and all this sort of stuff, um, we know that goes back, you know, at least 60,000 years, in fact, probably more, because they would have landed here with a whole complex system, even when they got here, you know. So it goes back 80,000 years, and 100,000 years, and 200,000 years, back to when we were all the cousins of uh, the ancestors of the chimpanzees, you know. So it all goes back to that, you know. So we all go back hundreds of thousands of years with our legends. But, you know, we now know that Indigenous belief systems are just as complex as ours. Yeah, A lot of people in our culture like to say more complex, you know, but gee, how do you measure that? Yeah. Um, how do you measure that? Yeah. You couldn't. Uh, look, let's just say that all humans are humans and I am pretty sure that there's not a culture on earth that hasn't got an impossibly deep and rich culture when it comes to myths, legends and all that sort of stuff, you know and the indigenous people of Australia are no exception and neither are we British. We've all got a massive um, treasure trove heritage of all that stuff, you know, myths, legends and all that sort of stuff. I'm not talking about history now, I'm talking myths and legends, okay. So all these stories, but what happened was we landed in Australia and I think it was said um, these primitive people have no religion you know, and it's because we couldn't spot it. We couldn't spot that culture, so we said they had none. You know, now you, we get the same thing today. You know, oh, we're getting what we deserve, and good job too. But you know, I've 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 been told by a number of other cultures, people from other cultures, uh, and the two that I'm thinking of off the top of my head are a, a Turkish bloke I once met, and some Ethiopians I've met who um, have come to Australia as immigrants, like we came to Australia as immigrants once. And just like we saw the indigenous people and said they haven't got much culture of note compared to us, you know, um, immigrant people are doing that to us now. And you know, you get Ethiopians and Turks um, in particular, because they're the, you know, I'm just thinking of two people in particular who have had this discussion with me. And they said, "Oh, the thing about you Australians is you have no culture." And uh, oh, ah, we're copping it in the neck. And I say, "Jolly good show!" You know, we deserved that because we did it to the indigenous. It's obviously all bollocks, of course. You know, in the Turk—that Turk who was speaking to me didn't know what he was talking about. What he—and neither did—and and there's been a couple of Ethiopians, and they don't know what they're talking about either. Of course, you know, um, because. They know what their culture is, and they look at our culture. And number one, the, the ones I'm talking about um, didn't really sort of have any curiosity about what Australian culture might entail and comprise. Um, and rather than have a good look, you know, um, they did what we did to the indigenous people. We just casually glanced at them and say, "Can't see any culture there. They haven't got any," you know, um, and you know, the Turk I'm thinking about. It was at a wedding once. Um, I was out the back having a chat to him, and he said, you know... And I complimented him on Turkish culture because I'm interested in Turkish culture. I'm interested in all cultures, you know. I'm one of those people who are, who does get into... get excited by other people's cultures more than I get excited by mine. I'm famous in my own head for that, you yeah. know. But, yeah, I've spent years and years just getting absolutely fascinated by other people's cultures, you yeah. know. Um, But, you know, this Turkish guy didn't know anything about Australian culture. I'm not sure that he knew what cricket was (laughs) and all that sort of stuff. All that sort of thing. Anyway, um, look, there's a lot to Australian culture and I'm not, I have no wish to, you know, I'm not necessarily going to be a brochure for Australian culture because I'm not here to talk, to love Australia any more than I love Turkey or Ethiopia or anywhere else, you know. You'll find plenty of episodes in this podcast where I'm saying how fantastic Turkey is and how fantastic Ethiopia is. In fact I did a whole series of episodes on Ethiopia because they I was absolutely entranced by them, you know. And indigenous people too. But point is, um culture. Um I think all humans have got lots of culture. We all go back to chimpanzees. So there's a lot coming up from bubbling uh, underneath the surface there. And we've all got a huge cultural background. And it's all in our heads. Um, Even when we, you know, even when we become secular, a secular culture and all that sort of thing, and kind of tell ourselves that we want to put all that aside... Um, It's still in our background. And guess what? When you put aside all that supernatural stuff and, say, become much more science and atheist-oriented or whatever you want to call it, you know, or agnostic and all that sort of stuff, people say, oh, you've given away all your culture, Uh, you know. Ah, but, you know, we're talking about giving up, for example, supernatural belief and going and switching to philosophy, let's say, you know, philosophy and science. And what happens there? Well, people who are still clinging on or, you know, keeping on with the old ways would say, oh, you've given up all your culture. You know, but the philosopher would say, but have a look at what, how much culture I'm taking on. whole lot of new culture. You know, and Socrates and all those guys would be like that, and Plato and Aristotle, and the ones who came before them as well, um, they were kind of um, moving on from what was an absolutely rich, supernatural, legendary, mythical Greek culture... And moving into areas of logic and all that sort of thing, and people people of those times might have said, oh, you're giving up all your culture by even doubting all this stuff, Zeus and all that, you know, and Athena. Um, But they were creating new culture. So you can't get away with it, can you? I I think everybody's got a rich culture. And if you, for example, um, you know, because Ethiopians, for example, I I think um, tend, for the ones I've met, tend to associate... The word culture with for example, you know the fact that they 've got their Ethi- their Orthodox church, you know the ones I 've hung around with anyway, and you know traditional dress, traditional dances, all those sorts of things, traditional music and all those sorts of things and way of life you know um, and then if um, if an Ethiopian comes here and uh, has children then has grandchildren sees their grandchildren give up on all that stuff and switch over to you know Australian sort of way of life thinking they might say oh you've given up culture you know you've given up some rich culture there which they have those grandchildren and that will you know almost surely happen because it only it takes a few generations for people to be here and they become fairly Australian you know it's only the first two generations really that really stick tight Um, because I'm married to Greeks, for example, and every generation they're becoming more Australian. My kids, you know, I desperately sort of tell my kids as much as I can about Greek culture because I'm very fascinated. Greek culture is my favourite of all, along with Roman culture. It just happens to be. And that's not my ancestry at all, you know, the Greeks and the Romans. Um, I have no, you know, I'm one of those oddball sort of Britishers, uh, you know, what's called Philhellenes and all that sort of stuff. They're actually more fascinated by someone else's culture than their own you know although those cultures like Greece and Rome do underpin British culture as well all right so um look it's complex it's complex but um yes so Ethiopians for example the ones I've sort of had some connection with um through you know someone else my goddaughter um not myself personally but just you know i've come into contact you know that's what happens when you have immigration you get into contact and you end up marrying a couple too i'll have a grandchild who'll marry an ethiopian probably you know that's the way it works right and when when i do i'll get even more interested in it because i'll have a grandchild who's ethiopian which will make me a bit ethiopian or i'll have a grandchild you know that'll marry a little saudi girl you know um or something and then I'll be right into Saudi culture. I'll become a uh what are they called? Um Sunni If I got that around the right way, yeah. You know, and I'll become all very into Saudi culture, you know. And all that sort of stuff. Or whatever. Indigenous. Okay. But look, culture. How would I summarise everything I just said? We've all got lots of it. We've all got lots of it. Rich cultures i don't know a country in the world that hasn't got a rich culture, and you know if someone comes to Australia as an immigrant and says i don't spot i don't spot traditional you know what you would call traditional clothing, dress, dance, and all that sort of thing i don't spot it you know I might say, oh um, you, you haven't seen Irish dancing or you haven't been to the opera Or, you know, and all that sort of stuff. You know, you haven't been to um, a symphony, you know, um, and you haven't been to a live rock band, you know, an Aussie rock band, you know. That's it. That's culture too, you see. And it's endlessly rich and got a huge heritage and all that sort of stuff, underpinning it all, you know. And they might say, oh, yeah, but, you know, we've got a really rich tradition of... You know, monks and, um, you know, if, if you if you go to Lalabella in Ethiopia, you'll cry with joy because of the endless spirituality of that. And I'll say, yeah, I know, yeah, all right, no, I agree with that. And if you gave up that sort of thing, that would be culture lost, you know, if you gave up the faith, you know, a faith culture like that, you know, a faith culture. But then, in giving up a faith culture... You're not giving it up for nothing. You're giving it up for something. You're giving it up for something just as rich. A non-faith culture, which is just as rich as a faith culture. Now, a person who has, who is faith-filled, you know, who has a culture of faith, um, looking at a culture of non-faith, you know, like the culture of the ancient Greeks in, during that, you know, golden age of philosophy with Aristotle and, you know, with Socrates and Plato and Aristotle and yeah all that stuff um a uh that was a rich culture too um now a faith a person who has faith looks at someone who has no faith and says that they have nothing you know whereas most of us would argue that Socrates had something okay and Plato had something they didn't have nothing they had the opposite you know a little bit like superman and bizarro superman they both had something You know, Superman didn't look at Bizarro. Superman is saying he's got nothing. He said he's got the opposite of me. So if you've got a faith filled culture, it's probably a mistake. I don't mind saying that. I don't usually tell people they're making a mistake, you know, because I've got a sort of basic idea that everyone's just got their own ways of looking at things, you know, it's not really right or wrong. But look, it is wrong, this one. But if you've got a certain culture and someone's got the opposite culture to you, you know, some, someone's got something other than what you've got. That doesn't necessarily mean they've got nothing. You know, so, a lot of people who believe in God are like that, for example. they uh, They say, we have something rich. We've got God. You have got no God, they say, to an atheist, for example. Therefore, you have got nothing. See? You have got an absence of richness. You know, we've got God, so we've got richness... You've got no God, so you've got no richness. But no, you know, absolutely not. That person who's got no God can have the full um, force of ancient Greek philosophy running around in his head, along with all that stuff that came out of the French Revolution, that whole secular push, you know. He could have a whole philosophy around um, secularism and, you know, separation of church and state and how that can make a better world and all that sort of stuff, Um, and... Um, a whole ethos based and morality based on rationalism, you know, there's no end to the richness of that. In fact, it could be arguably more powerful than a deeply religious culture, you know, having a deeply philosoph- philosophical culture, you know, so that's the way it works. But I think, and this might be an amusing, I'll make this a part one of this series of episodes, I'll make it into a series of episodes called Culture, um i can imagine someone who is very intimate with their own culture his own culture or her own culture its own culture or their own culture um we're we're into pronouns now so you can even go plural for the singular now um which is quite liberating um now You can have someone... Look, I'll go back to the Ethiopians because they're they're my favourite in a way. But you can get a faith-filled Ethiopian with all sorts of cultural sort of features, you know, around dance and all that sort of stuff, who come here and they um, have a glance and not much more because a lot of immigrants do that because... And I understand that, you know, because um, they've got to stick tight because, you know, they're missing their old country. And in some ways they've they um become more exaggerated in their culture than the people back at home are. Yeah, you know, because they're clinging on to it. You know, but they would come here just like we British came here uh, and uh, you know 230 years ago or whatever it was, uh, they'd come here and they don't spot their idea of culture here, right? Um and say, oh, they haven't got our sort of culture, so they've got no culture, you know? And that's what we British did to the Indigenous peoples. Oh, they've only got something primitive, you know? Um, Because we couldn't spot anything that resembled our God, for example, you know, our Christian God, or all our fairies and all that sort of stuff. We couldn't picture any of that richness, so we said they've just got nothing worth much, you know? they've just got something primitive and a lot of immigrant cultures do that to Australians now and they deserve every bit of it you know, the immigrant cultures are absolutely wrong of course um, to uh, have a look at Australian, you know, European Australians and say I can't see any culture therefore they haven't got any culture they're absolutely wrong you know, I don't mind saying that just like we British were absolutely wrong when we did the same thing to the Indigenous peoples. And, and it took us about a couple of hundred years to for it to slowly dawn that the Indigenous people have got an, oh my goodness, you know, oh wow, huge culture. You know, and the Ethiopians will be the same after they've been here for a couple of hundred years. And they go, oh, 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 don't we feel silly? <laughs> you know, because their grandkids will be right into Australian culture by then, and um, leaving money out for the tooth fairy, and you know, and everything else that goes with being an Australian, you know, um, go, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to actually go into the features yet. Maybe later. Of all the different cultures in the world, we've all got lots of culture. That's what I think, anyway. I could be wrong.